When you shop on Amazon.com, your purchases will be delivered more regularly than Mike delivers firewood to the Blue Collar Tribe every single morning. Get the best deals on everything you need and help support Rob as a Podcast whenever you start your shopping with our link, robasawebsite.com slash Amazon, or for our friends in Canada, robasawebsite.com slash Amazon CA. From an Airbnb in Manhattan, it's Rob has a podcast. And now here's the guy who's been watching monkeys have sex on YouTube all morning long. And it's fascinating. Rob Sesternina. Hello, everybody. And welcome back to Rob has a podcast. We are on the road. Still not the road to the podcast awards. That's a different podcast. But I am here talking about Survivor Worlds Apart on the morning after the live know-it-alls here at the Gotham Comedy Club in Manhattan. What a fun show last night and so great to get to see everybody who came out. Very, very fun night and one that I don't think I will ever forget because it was uh, really, really insane. And so many people just came up to me and said, look what you did. Look at, look at like, almost like uh, I was a dog and I'm putting my face in the carpet. Look what you did. Look what you did. Uh, But in all seriousness, no, it was really, really cool and, and really, really a big thrill uh, to see you. Uh, what a culmination this has been here for uh, some uh, stupid podcast that I started in a bedroom uh, five years ago. So really, really fun night last night. And so, of course, on this podcast today, I'm going to be speaking with Spencer Bledsoe. A little bit of a change uh, in the plans. Uh, I was originally going to speak with Spencer in person and uh, yada, yada, yada. Spencer is going to be talking to me from a other location. Uh, He's not able to make it back over here this morning, but we're going to talk with Spencer anyway and uh, find out a little bit more about what his night was like. So that's coming up here. Also, I'll have my interview with Nina coming up. Also, uh, later on this morning, you guys will probably will have already heard it by the time this podcast goes up. So it's a very busy Survivor Day, even with me traveling. What I'm going to do with the voicemails, of course, uh, send in your voicemails to the podcast at robiswebsite.com slash voicemail or 323-282-RHAP. That is going to be a separate podcast this week. I'm going to do that on Monday when I get back to my studio because I am much better equipped to uh, record that podcast, which involves a second computer and pulling in clips and stuff like that. I will do that on Monday. So look for that bonus. Well, it's not a bonus podcast. It's just I'm splitting this one up into two. So that'll be after the weekend after I get back. Also, I have a big uh, wedding this weekend. My cousin is getting married and I'm in the wedding party coming up. So a lot to do uh, here on our way back before we can get back to uh, the studio. Okay. So Before we get into today's interview with Spencer, just a quick reminder that the podcast awards voting is ongoing for Rob has a podcast at the podcast awards nominated for best entertainment podcast and the people's choice podcast of the year. So we greatly appreciate your daily votes at podcastawards.com. Look for the daily Roads to the Podcast Award series. Uh, Nicole and I are making one show a day to also remind you guys to vote. But just a quick reminder here before we get into our interview with Spencer. All right, everybody. Joining me here uh, on on the hotline, here is your new reigning Mr. Survivor. Here he is, uh, the young lad, Spencer. How are you, buddy? 
Hey, Rob, how are you doing? I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. <laughs> trying to recuperate from last night. It was a crazy event. It was a lot of fun. I didn't realize how big it would be. It was really fun. Yes. Okay. Well, uh, yeah. How, how are you doing this morning? I'm picking up the pieces and uh, it's, uh, I have a flight in a few hours, a bit of a mess, but I'm good. I'm, the, the short story is I'm good. Okay. You know, it's a wild life being Mr. Survivor. It could take you all sorts of different places and, uh, you know, you, you, you think you're ready for it, but then you're not ready for it. Yeah. I, uh, I don't know. It's Ma- Malcolm uh, dealt with it and he, maybe he didn't do much as Mr. Survivor. Maybe he didn't make many appearances, but he, he, he made it through at least. And that's saying something, maybe, maybe more than I can say. Yeah. Maybe the job is harder than you thought. I don't know. I, I'm up for it still, though. I'm very <laughs> appreciative and grateful to everyone who voted for me, and I'm pumped to be. I'm pumped for this Mr. Survivor reign. Okay. <laughs> he- heavy is the head that wears the crown. Exactly. Yes. Or or wears the the possibly the- infected belt. No, 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 it's not infected. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> All it's right. good. All right. It's it's good. It was it was it was a lot of fun last night getting that and uh, and all the stuff. I I didn't realize it would be so like interactive. Everyone like in the crowd getting involved. That was really cool. Yes, it was, it was very. We try to keep everything very interactive. All right. So uh, let's turn our attention back to Survivor Worlds Apart. We're three episodes in, and we have seen uh, the No Collar Tribe uh, go to back to back tribal councils. Yes. Um, were you on board with getting rid of Nina over Will, or did you think that um, they may have made the wrong decision? No, I think like Stephen Stephen said, it's it's it, it was a little bit of an obvious decision, um, and it's it sucks. It's sad because it's like I liked Nina, and I did get the sense that she wanted it more than Will. Um, I mean, she was like really thirsty to be there and thirsty to get along with people, but, uh, it it wasn't working and people weren't getting along. And it's, it it might not be the case that, um, Joe and, uh, and Jen and Haley were in the right and like excluding her from the challenge or excluding her from camp life and all that. But the fact that they did means that it wasn't cohesive. And so even if they were in the wrong, I think it was good that she's gone for their tribe. No College Tribe now has lost their second immunity challenge in a row. Are they headed down the path of Luzon? I, I hope not. That's a terrible, that would be a very, very terrible thing. Um, they, I, luckily for them, I think a swap is going to come in time to, to bail them out. So I think they'll be okay. And also, luckily for them, they're not completely dysfunctional. I feel like now they have at least a core group of people who can work together and and be kind of cohesive, whereas we certainly did not. Um, So I I feel like they're in a little bit of a better spot. We have the two hour episode next week. Hopefully, you know, they, something swaps and they're, they're, they're going to be okay. I think. And especially that group of three, I feel as if, uh, you know, in, as long as they can somewhat, you know, not telegraph to everyone how tight they are, Joe, Jen, and Haley, I feel like they could especially be in good shape because I feel like, you know, whether or not they end up together at all on a swap or any of them are together, if they can all make a merge or something, that could be a good, like, compact group to, to go deep. Well, how do you not let people know how tight you are? 
Well, I mean, it's all right. So right now, no one has any information on the no caller tribe, right? They mm-hmm. just know who's who's been voted out. Um, Haley, Jen, and Joe don't have that much reason to say they're tight. So the only way that would really come to light is by Will. It would be Will saying like, "Okay, these three are really tight. I'm a little bit on the outs on this tribe," and. If it so happens that, you know, a couple of them are on one tribe after the swap and Will's on the other, then Will doesn't have the ability to let the people they are with know, you know, exactly the tribe dynamics. So it could work out for them. It could not. It could go either way. Um, I mean, it's really it comes down to who you're swapped with. I remember when I when I swapped, it was, uh, you know, it was me, Tasha and Cass. We're really lucky that we could stick together. And uh Cass and Tasha like were very open about what had happened in our past, um, in our, you know, in our past at Luzon. And at first I was a little like annoyed. I was like, do we really want to be, you know, telling them everything and admitting everything that had, had gone on at our tribe? Um, but I think it actually served us really well. And I, I came to appreciate them doing that because the fact that they were so open about the fact that we were dysfunctional and not that tight really uh, helped us in the long run. Mm-hmm. So because people didn't like, you know, that that allowed the beauties to try and solicit our alliances and votes without being too suspicious that they would just be totally, you know, on the outside of that. When you got to this point in the game, and now we're at like three tribal councils in, it's day nine. I think we're going to have two episodes coming up uh, this week. We're at the point where you guys had your swap. Did you know that it's like, hey, I just got to hang on here for four votes. I know that you were really on the bubble after the yeah. fourth tribal council. It was either going to be you or Jatia. Did you know yes. that the swap is coming after that? Is that like a very palpable feeling? I think you, you kind of know. I mean, I, I, I certainly didn't get any, any hints or I didn't know, um, or I wasn't like led that way, but I did feel just like as, you know, as a fan, as someone who knows the game and knows that they can't really stick with three tribes forever. Cause it would get a little, it would get a little dull if you just stuck with three tribes when you have, you know, three players on one tribe. I, I really thought there was a swap and I feel like that's, that's pretty established. Like there's going to be a sense of that. Um, so it's, uh, you know, I, I feel as if, uh, you know, will probably wants, uh, wants everyone on his tribe right now to think that there, you know, is, is, uh, is going to be a swap or that he, he wants people to think that, you know, he'll be, he'll be able to help them out no matter what happens in the game. So he wants like, he has to demonstrate his loyalty before any swap occurs. Um, and so uh, I don't know, it's, it, he probably like should be playing on that like perception of whether or not that's going to happen. And I don't know how game savvy they are, but I feel like the more game savvy people, like I feel as if Joe and Jen, who's watched this show since she was eight, they probably really anticipate a swap. Um, so I, I think it's up to the people who would be voted out on that tribe or on any tribe to convince the rest that they have loyalties, even if that did happen. Okay. So for Will, this tribe swap can't happen soon enough, right? No. Yeah, exactly. It can't happen soon enough. He wants it to happen right away, but he, uh, he can't like be, he can't telegraph that feeling. He can't be too, too open about feeling that way and really anticipating it. He needs his tribe to think that he's in it for the long haul with them. 
So what's the move for Will if they have the tribe swap? And let's say he ends up on a tribe with, you know, one or two of the other no-collar people. Does Is he yeah. best served to stick with no-collar no matter what? Or is he best served to, uh, like we saw with the beauty tribe on Survivor Kagiyan, is he better uh, served to go and scramble? It's tough. See, I think actually the big thing in a swap or in basically there are these moments in the game, a swap or merge where for so long you've, there's been a disparity in information, right? One tribe has all the information about what's going on with them and everyone else has zero information about what's going on with them. And I think it's generally a good principle. And I think this would especially pertain to will to keep that information close to the, like, you know, uh, be careful with it in spreading it at least at first. It's like if you're going to negotiate for something or if you're negotiating for salary, right? You want to be the person who shares your information last. You want your employer to say, this is how much we're willing to pay you rather than you saying, this is how much I would need to work here, right? You want to be the person who is, taking the offer or taking the information that's on the table and deciding on it. So I think it's a good approach to sort of sit back when you get to a swap and just sort of uh, watch what other people are doing and see what information they give up. Um, I think it's served a lot of people really well. I mean, you have, you have Karamoan where there was a swap and uh, you saw you know, Andrea and, and Brenda and other people just sort of sit back and, and get all the information from Sherry. And then I feel like on, on our swap, um, me and Cass and Dasha, we, we sort of played it slow at first and, and let the beauties that we ended up swapped with sort of reveal everything that was going on. So, you know, in some situations you, you do want to say that you're tight if, you know, if maybe they have, if someone that you swapped with has a group of N people and you have a group of N people and you can kind of combine and be a superpower, really tight group, that's great. But you very well might want to, you know, express not being tight as well. So that's my long winded way of saying, I think Will should play it close to the vest and just, uh, kind of see and hear more than he speaks and, uh, expresses. But isn't it At kind first. of a unique situation that you guys had where the three people from your tribe were able to stick together? And, and isn't it easier yes. to say that you can just, you know, sit back and wait for people to come to you? Like, oh, absolutely. I, I don't think that uh, that no, no, no. Um, yeah, most people I, would be in that good of a situation. It, no, absolutely. And I when I say sit back, I don't mean like a long term sit back and wait. I mean, like let the other person just like let you let yourself see something about the dynamics and then decide your best course of action. Because when we, when we swapped, you're right, we were in a great situation, but I was fully prepared. If, if what happened on our season hadn't happened, I was fully prepared to immediately go into making relationships mode, making alliances mode, getting some new footing. Um, and I think you have to be, uh, I'm just saying that you want to know what, cause if, if you just go in blindly, right. If, if you just go in blindly and start approaching people, not knowing what, who you need to approach or what the dynamics will be, 
you can, you're more likely, I feel like to put yourself in a tight spot than you are to set yourself up. Well, I think you're more likely to either align yourself to someone you don't want to be aligned to, or to, uh, just sort of, uh, seal your fate before, before you really have time to know what you're doing. So I just, uh, I think you need to like, obviously stay adaptable and be ready to become very proactive. Um, but I think initially you just have to read before you, before you make moves. Do you feel like this season is set up where the other two tribes, the no collar and the blue collar tribe at some sort of a swap are positioned to gang up on the white collar tribe. And did you feel like in brains versus beauty versus brawn that there was a perception from the brawn and the beauty tribe that they wanted to get out the brains? Yeah. I mean, so you're saying, wait, you're, I feel like those are different things. You're talking about getting up on the white collar tribe versus getting up on the brains. Yeah. Like, is there almost sort of like a negative perception of like, Hey, they're the brains. We have to get rid of them. And do do the other true tribes in in this current season think that way of, Mm -hmm. Hey, we, and it didn't really play out that way in Survivor Cognion, but do you think that there could be some of that where these two tribes going forward, uh, they get to the swap and it's like, Hey, blue collar and no collar, we're together. Uh, let's, let's gang up on the white collar people. Uh, let's stick it to the man (laughs) and the, and the woman's. Yeah. I, I, I honestly wouldn't anticipate that. Um, for, for one thing, I feel like like it, it's more the sentiment that people are thinking going into swaps, okay, or merges. We need to gang up on the tribe that has a lot of numbers. So I feel like the blue collar tribe might be more targeted than the white collar tribe. Um, and also, if I were out there, I, I feel like the entire narrative. I mean, this show, this this season has more than many others. Really, uh, the narrative of the theme has played a big part. You hear people talking about callers all the time. Um, and they're really driving that home as far as, you know, Jeff saying the, the white collars are the bad guys and they're going to betray you to get ahead. And the blue collars are the good guys. I almost feel like you would want the white collars around in that kind of environment because they're the kind of people that with the entire sentiment and narrative of the season, they're the kind of people you want to go to the end with Joaquin, you know, who's going to vote for that guy to win. I feel like the, the white collars are actually maybe in a really good spot going into a swap. Yeah. And so with this white, this white collar group, uh, there's a little bit of a division. We saw this last night with Joaquin versus Shireen, uh, about the looking for the hidden immunity idol. Now, did you feel like was Shireen in that moment when she said, all right, everybody, Hey, why don't we all just agree that we're not going to look for the hidden immunity idol? Did you find that to be Garrett esque? <laughs> look, no, no side convos. Okay, Rob, I'm going to give it to you straight. <laughs> I thought that, yeah, I mean, it was, it was a little, I could see how that would come off overly controlling, but I actually thought it was a, more savvy than the kind of thing Garrett pulled. It was, it was, it reminded me more, more than Garrett. It reminded me of like Boston Rob sort of putting a stigma on the idol and heroes versus villains and saying, Hey, if anyone looks for the idol, they're burned, they're done. 
And, and then that really having an effect on people wanting Russell out, it didn't pan out for him, but I think it was a good idea that you sort of just instill an animosity towards anyone that diverges, anyone that goes against the group. And it, it makes people fearful of turning on you. Um, and I don't know that Shireen is at this moment, the mafia boss, Boston Rob is, I don't, I don't know that she has everyone fearful of her, but I think the idea is still there. And I think it's, it's, uh, I, I, I didn't hate it. I'll say that. Okay. So if everybody walks away and stops looking for the idol, I mean, is that sort of saying though, that I am, you know, I know I'm safe. And you should, if uh, like, it's almost like that you are, you need to make people feel secure if you're going to do that, as opposed to, yeah, you're still at the bottom. Yeah. Here, you should stop looking for the idol and here's why. I feel like it's a better way to do that than, um, hey, let's all just stop looking for it. I guess I'm kind of giving her the benefit of the doubt because I I kind of assumed that she had some, some side convos where she said like, you know, basically you don't have to worry for this reason and you're in because of this. And that's what she should be doing to everyone. If she's going to have that kind of, uh, if she's going to express that kind of idea. Um, but I, I guess I don't know that she's doing that. So I think you're right. Yeah. I mean, and to go back to the heroes versus villains, it's like, you know, Boston Rob is feeling like, okay, well, Hey, you know, Russell, we're going to vote him out first or, you know, he like, or he's next to go. And so it you, you had to outdo my impression. You just had to establish that you're the king of impressions <laughs> just now. Uh, yes, it's, uh, we have to, um, but anyway, with with that, it, it's like yeah, sure. The guy for the guy who's who's calling the shots, it makes sense for hey, we're not all gonna look for this. Um, but if you're the guy who's the Russell Hans, like uh, yeah, you, but you you like the move is hey, everybody, we're gonna stop looking for this, and then secretly you go back out and you still go look for it. Yeah, of course. But, I mean, I don't know. It's it's all about like doing a good job of but not making anyone feel that way. And I think that's probably one of Boston Rob's biggest flaws is he didn't always do that. Well, he, he very much made Russell know and feel that he was on the outs. And I think, uh, what he improved on and what helped him in redemption Island is really kind of, as he said it, making everyone think they have a piece somewhere. Um, and so I think that's, again, that's what you have to do if you're going to, uh, publicly express, don't look for the idol and you're going to be that aggressive. Yes. Um, in terms of somebody who had the clues to look for an idol and then- oh, we, let's not, I don't know if we want to talk about this. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Yeah. Uh, it's, a, it's a sore subject, Whoa. but go on. <laughs> what is that like? We have a clue for the idol and people are trying. Well, the first thing you want to do if you have a clue for an idol is you want to lay it out real nice and neat, right? You want to like fold your pants and just put the idol right there in plain sight for anyone to grab. Okay. That's the first thing you want to do. Um, the, the second thing you want to do is you want to, uh, on a serious note now, you want to sort of get the information that you can get from the idle clue and then, uh, share it with who you want to share it with and be very smart about how you go for that idol. You know, it's, uh, sharing has a lot of value in and of itself. And I think we saw that last night. Um, and it's something I underestimated where, Really, uh, a lot went wrong with my idol clue, but one 
big thing that went wrong that maybe people don't talk as about as much as the clue being stolen is that I didn't share it with my core alliance before I went to look for the idol. And I think you really, if anyone who you would intend on sharing it with, you should do it then and there. That's interesting. Why do you say that? Well, because it it's it obviously like makes you a little shady if you are seen the way it happened with me. It, it's because Jeremy or Jeremiah is a patron saint that I didn't get more flack for the way I handled it because I really didn't was not a good alliance member in uh, in going and looking for the idol and then only later asking him, hey, you know the 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 clue got. St- uh, I need your help. It made me look really underhanded um, where, you know, really it, w- it would have been a much better scenario given how it turned out if I had just clued him in on it way before. How much in modern day Survivor, and this is something that I, I just don't have a mental grasp on because, you, you know, when I played Survivor uh, back in my day, we, there was no hidden immunity idol. But <laughs> like when somebody is not with the group, like, how obvious is it when somebody is like, oh, they're out looking for the hidden immunity idol? Hmm. I mean, yeah, it, it depends on it depends on who. Uh, different people have different approaches. Cass on my season was very didn't try to hide it. She would like go out on walks and then come back and say, oh, yeah, just uh, looked around for the hidden immunity a little bit. Um, Tony, on the other hand, was very good and very, uh, concerned with, with hiding what he was doing. He would have like crab traps and he would have, he would have basically various things that he, that he, they gave him an excuse to get away from camp. He would have crab traps and, uh, like coconut stashes and things in different areas where he'd like, I have to go get this. He would say, I have to go check the crab trap. I have to go set it out this way. The tide's coming in and he would walk away and do that. And then he would run to look for the idol. So it's, I mean, people definitely have different approaches on it. Um, and my, mine was sort of like trying to do what Tony did, but not as effectively where I would sort of walk away and try and look for the idol for a bit, but I didn't have like a good excuse to be gone for a while. So I'd have to return to camp really quick. Um, yeah, I, I think there's, there's a, it's something that's not really like shown in the show that much, but there's a huge pressure to not be seen looking and scheming. Um, and it's different people. I, I think there's value in different approaches, honestly, and it depends on the situation because I can't say that what cast did was bad. I mean, looking, just being very open about it, that might be the new way to go in survivor because I feel like we have at this point, it's the game has evolved enough where everyone knows everyone's looking for idols. Everyone knows everyone's scheming. It's the, the themes in survivor of, Oh, I'm going to do what it takes to win. I'm going to backstab people. I'm going to look out for myself. I'm going to look for idols. That's all played out. You know, we've seen it all and it's very, it, it's just sort of like understood now. So sometimes being honest about it can, can be a good thing. Well, I think that's an interesting point too that you brought up because we saw a lot in the first episode of this season, the episode where the white collar tribe went to tribal council. I felt like there was a lot more openness, like people like Max Dawson says at tribal council, like... Well, if I was going to come back with the clue, I would have lied about it also, but I would have done a better job lying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, do you feel like that there is a little bit of a paradigm shift where I feel like that 
the advice that I would always have given people would be to play things more like vague and open-ended and say the political right thing. But do you think that there is something to, you know, say what's going, say what's going on because in some ways you are become more trustworthy. It it absolutely engenders trust. If you, I mean, people like the guy who goes out there and, this would have worked maybe 10 years ago or I don't know, seven years ago. Um, and it wouldn't work now where you just go out and you're very vague and you say, you know, I'm, I'm, I want to be, you know, very straight up with you guys. I don't have a mean bone in my body. Um, you can't really do that anymore. I think the majority of people who go in intending to lie and intending to be duplicitous is so vast now that it, there's a lot to be said for just being frank. And I, I, I tried to do that sometimes in my season. I think a good place to do that, like Max did it, is tribal council, um, where I think a lot of people get, uh, get too caught up in trying to deceive or in trying to really micromanage the image that they're putting off. And a lot of times what you need to do, I think, is just be very frank and honest and say what you give an honest answer. Answer, unless it's really going to reveal bad information or screw you over, in which case, of course, you should you should make something up. There's a lot to be said for just being honest sometimes. Because mm-hmm. it's almost worse to be caught in the lie than to yes. just be like, hey, I'm this is what I'm doing. Yeah, I, I not only believe what I just said, I also believe that you should keep lying to a minimum meaning you lie only when you have to and not just for fun, right? You, you don't go around telling people you're a construction worker instead of a cop. Instead, you, 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 <laughs> you're honest. And then when you get caught up in something, then you lie. Um, and there's lots to be said for, you know, seeming like a person who can't lie, seeming like a person who's not capable of lying and who, you know, on some minor insignificant lie, you, you are unable to do it. And then people say, Hey, I, I guess I can read this guy. And then maybe they can, and that maybe you have them where you want them. Give me an example of what you're talking about. So maybe someone asks you, I don't know, maybe, maybe like later in the game, uh, someone asks Joaquin. So what actually happened with the decision? Um, when it's, when they swap or when it's sort of like, you know, they, they knew he was lying, but they didn't know the specifics of it. Right. Um, and he sort of just says, uh, yeah, you know what? I, I, I tried to lie. I really couldn't, I, I was really bad at it. And he just comes clean. It's, it's, it's the combination of things. It's first of all, the thing you've talked about where you say, when you admit to someone, you've been lying and you say, Hey, I got to be honest. And I want to come clean. They trust you a lot more than they should. Because they say, well, I, he, they feel really good that you're coming clean and they're, they're uh, happy that you're being honest with them now. Um, and then it's also a thing where they get the impression that you really suck at lying. And so now you have the opportunity to, in a later instance, if you can pull it off, tell a lie and have it work out because they'll assume that you were not lying. So Joaquin maybe could post-merge say, Hey, I'm not voting for you. I'm doing this. And he's not. And because you think he's a bad liar, you believe him. Well, doesn't that go back to where Tony, you said, don't tell people that you're a construction, you're a cop when you're really a construction worker, or vice versa. <laughs> but then, but, but then what if then like Tony did, then you could tell people like, look, everybody, look, 
I have something to tell you. I'm a cop. I'm not a construction worker. <laughs> so isn't that good? I, maybe, that maybe. But like, point? I feel like the, I feel like with Tony, that was less him being bad at lying and more him lying in a situation where it just wasn't, was the odds were too stacked against him. I mean, he had already admitted he was a cop to Sarah. So obviously he's not going to be able to convince everyone he's a construction worker after that. Um, so I, th- I think it's a little bit different. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's just uh, you have to have good cop tar, I guess. <laughs> yeah, you have to you have to know who who are cops. It's it's a crucial skill on Survivor. No one, no, I don't think anyone's caught on to Kelly though yet. Yes. Well, is she telling people she's not a, a state trooper? I I don't know. Honestly, we I wish we saw a little bit more from her. We haven't. I there are a few people that, that have gotten just like zero screen time, like her and Sierra. It's uh, we really don't know much. I feel like those are the two. Though, like it's those two people have just been totally in, or been pretty invisible. Yeah, yeah. Because on the whole, I think they've done a good job with like uh, having a pretty balanced edit, and uh, and we we have gotten to see a lot from a lot of people, but. They've really um, the stereotype of just neglecting a few people, I feel like, has has been alleviated for the many and accentuated for the few. And those few are Sierra and uh, and Kelly and they're they're getting screwed. Yeah, I do think that they've done a good job this season of doing a lot of character stuff. I know there's always that balancing act between, okay, we need to know the characters, but we also need to know the game. And I feel like, especially these last two weeks, we've been you know investing a lot of time in the character stuff, which uh-huh. I think is going to pay dividends down the road because we'll feel like we really have gotten to know these people better even though there's not a ton of strategy going on Mm -hmm. in the early going of this season so i think it's sort of a a good investment but let's let's talk that's what jeff probes is banking on when he says this is the greatest season in the history of time so yes the greatest cast i hope it pans out (laughs) yes Let's talk about the blue collar tribe because we haven't talked about them uh, too much. And other than you know, purple Sierra and uh, new <laughs> new pur- purple Kelly too. <laughs> yeah, her her first confessional will be in episode nine, and she'll talk about going on a reward where you can go meet cows who and see people who milk their own milk. Yes, yes, and then she'll quit. <laughs> but uh, as far as uh, the fireworks that we saw last night. Yeah, that uh, we talked about it in the Know It Alls show about Mike and his uh, work ethic, and you know I do feel like that there is a it's a good thing to have a good work ethic on Survivor. That's yeah, that's a good thing. Yeah. And going back to your point about looking having like tasks to do where you could really go and look for the idol, that's mm-hmm. even doubly good to have a good work ethic because then then people won't yes, be questioning. Yes, believable. Yes, yeah. But Mike is seemingly not doing that. Right. No, Mike is just is just that way working ridiculously hard for no apparent actually not not only is he doing it for uh, no productive reason, he's doing it for a, a very counterproductive reason of alienating everyone. I think the blue collar tribe is an example of just a, a tribe where almost literally everyone is playing terribly. They're just playing like awful survivor right you have mike who's alienating everyone with this work harder work harder work harder you have rodney who's being a real jerk about it 
and, and getting into open conflict, which is never a good idea. And then you have Lindsay who, I mean, I'm not a super religious guy, but I took a little offense to that. That was very, I think, uncalled for. Um, it was funny seeing like, the the confrontation and, and, you know, Mike obviously was really upset, but you, why would you ever do that to someone? You never know in survivor when you're going to need someone, right? The, the person who's useless and on the outs, you might need them tomorrow. So there's absolutely no reason to say what she said to Mike. Yeah. I mean, this blue collar tribe is such a mess between, you know, I mean, it really, See, I, I thought at first that the, I actually was very convinced at first that the winner was going to be a blue collar because Jeff was so excited about the season and so happy. And he also seemed to be really promoting the, the idea that the blue collars are the true Americans, the good guys, the, the people who, you know, the survivor audience should relate to and demonizing the white collars and then making the no callers out to be just like out there. Um, but after seeing these players, I, I am almost out of people on this tribe. I think could win. Yeah, I don't think I don't see it because <laughs> the blue collar people, I get it that, you know, Jeff wants to promote the season and the, hey, these are the people that are relatable. These are the hardworking people. But I mean, they're all just in their own way. They've all been really bad. I mean, my, Mike is somebody who on paper I thought was going to be good, but he's just like pushed this yeah. way too far with the hardworking thing. And maybe he gets to push the reset button after a swap and maybe he can sort of figure things out going forward. Yeah, but he's yeah. been just like, uh, it's too much with the, uh, Hey everybody, we got to work. work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's, that's an impression in progress. <laughs> it's it's it, my voice is, is in recovery progress. I think that yeah, would be, I, maybe I could do that impression now, but no other time, but <laughs> I, I think I'll save myself the embarrassment of attempting it. Yes. But, uh, I, 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 yeah, I mean, maybe I don't want to be unfair to Kelly and, and Sierra. Maybe, maybe they're playing pretty well. We just haven't seen anything. And the reason I say I, I can't see a winner coming from this tribe is for some people like Rodney and Mike and Lindsay, they've been shown in the edit to be complete jerks. Um, and in other people like Sierra and Kelly, they've not been shown in the edit. And either way, I, I feel like that's not, you know, the Steven Fishback winner edit. So it's not, I don't think it's boding well for anyone on that tribe. Yeah. But I also feel like the Kelly and Sierra thing, like it's only the third episode. There's still time to turn that around. Like, yeah. I mean, we, we saw Natalie, right? Natalie was very quiet in the beginning. So I, I, I would agree with you there. Um, yeah. Kim Sprodlin. I, I will say, I will say that <laughs> did not have a winner edit after three episodes. <laughs> yes, that is true. She was very middle of the road, but I, I, it, it doesn't, I'm not like eliminating them right now. I'm just saying that it doesn't, uh, the stock has gone down. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to put a lot of stock in them when we're not, when we're not seeing them too much. Uh, what did you think of the Dan trying to, you know, get along with Rodney and the old, your mother's a whore, uh, bit? Yeah. I, I'll be honest with you, Rob. I was at dinner and I came in a little late to the episode last night and I didn't quite catch everything that was going on with that. Um, but from what I gathered, it just seemed ludicrous and another example of the blue collar tribe not knowing what they're doing. 
Yeah, it was almost like he's like trying to like, you know, joke around with him. And Rodney even says like, you know, Dan thinks he's like one of my boys, but he's not one of my, <laughs> one of my boys. <laughs> but it just seems like, like, I, I don't know. Like, I don't really have uh, that many boys. Um <laughs> But like Dominic, right? If Dominic and uh, if he ever told me uh, your mother's a whore, I'd wa- I'd wash his mouth out with soap. Yes. Uh, but <laughs> <it's> just, <laughs> like, uh, who talks like that with your with their friends? Yeah, I know. I, not me. It was it was pretty unreal. I don't know. It's uh, I I don't relate to it. I don't really really get it. Um, but I I don't know. It was it was one of the last things I was ex- expecting to see on Survivor. <laughs> Yeah, it was the night where we heard uh, your mother's a whore and also uh, like uh, you want to get voted out. Wish come true, mother effer. (laughs) Well, at least that was to the camera, though. That was funny. (laughs) (laughs) That was good. I like that. I'd like to know, is that the first time we've ever heard mother effer in the history of Survivor? (sighs) Hmm. I'd like to hear from our crack. Uh, I wanted to hear two things. Uh, yes. from my crack research team, from my listeners, <laughs> has the word has the word whore ever come up before on Survivor, and has the word mother effer ever come up? Because I think we had uh, historic firsts. Yeah, it, it, I think it was a historic night. I feel like mother effer could have happened, um, but I, I nothing's coming to mind. I don't know. Nothing's coming to mind. I think yeah. let's I think let's start with the Russell Hance seasons, uh, and let's. Well, go. Russell Russell threw around uh, like bitches a, a bit, but I, I feel like he never went to that. Yeah, if anybody's ever said uh, mother effer before, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's uh interesting. It's uh, we've we may have broken. I feel down. like I feel like you might have mouthed mother effer um in Survivor All Stars at a certain tribal council. But <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't think I did the mother part. I think that no, uh, yeah, I don't think so. I was, <laughs> I was I was kidding, but I I, I don't know. I, I feel like yeah, no one really I, I think has sunk that low. Uh, Spencer, have you ever uh, seen any uh, animals having sex during your time on Survivor? Uh, other than a few llamas, no. I, I don't think I've... My experience isn't too illustrious. No. Um, so Shireen ends up seeing that uh, the monkeys having sex in the episode last <laughs> night. And I don't know. It was sort of like uh, hard to get a good read on what they were trying to tell us in that scene because... Um, we got, you know, obviously it was a funny scene, um, but you know, it was also like a little bit going back to the Tyler, uh, you know, talking about how Shireen is sort of out there and going back to the previous week where she's walking around with, with no pants on. Do you think that, do you (laughs) think that she's, uh, gotten herself into a bad spot? So, I, I mean, as far as the scene goes, first of all, there are a few reasons why they put scenes in. And one is just entertainment. And the other is uh, it contributes toward the narrative they're trying to express. Right. And I think they did a little bit of both. I think it was a funny scene. And I think they want to continue to show Shireen as kind of a quirky, a little bit out there, a little bit, um, you know, making her tribe raise their eyebrows Um as that kind of person. And so I think they, they tried to do both of those things, but it's with Shireen, I wouldn't say that it's necessarily an entirely bad thing. I don't think that she's 
alienated in the way some people might fear. And I don't think that she is in as bad a spot as some people might think, because I, I, you know, there, they, people might say, you know, she's, she's weirding me out or, you know, Ty, you have like Tyler talking to Joaquin saying, uh, whatever he said in episode two, like, uh, at least someone on this tribe has some self-respect or pride or whatever it was. Um, but I, I feel as if a lot of that, uh, you know, are things in the moment that pe- people are getting over. And I don't think anything's been hateful or spiteful with Shireen. I really, it doesn't seem like there's much negative sentiment towards Shireen. It's just kind of her being a goofball. So who is the person for you, Spencer, that you feel like this is the horse I'm riding here in Survivor Worlds Apart? Who's the person that you feel like is your, uh, the person that's standing out to you? Like a winner pick? A, win- a winner pick. I don't want to say winner edit, but who, who has been <laughs> the person that you think is doing the best job? Man, it's, it's genuinely tough because I feel like this season, more than many others, a lot of people are, are not good options anymore. Um, you know, for, for the reasons we discussed, I feel like a lot of the blue collar tribe has kind of been... I, I feel like they're probably not on the path toward winning. Um, the white collar tribe. I mean, I, I think Max is doing really well and I like Max. So I, I kind of root for him, but, uh, and I, and I like Shireen. Um, but do I think they're being set up to win? Not necessarily. Um, and then the no collar tribe, I was really pretty high on Joe going into this episode, um, thinking that he, you know, put himself in a really good position and was playing pretty well. He got will to side with him somewhat. I mean, I guess he didn't do the split vote like they wanted to, but he still was on their side basically. And now he has control. He and Haley and Jen have control of the tribe. Um, but this episode, he, he, he like kind of lost stock in my book by, you know, with his whole strategy and the challenge. And that, that wasn't a good look for him. Um, as opposed to the man bun, which is a good look for him. Oh, that's a great look. I (laughs) love the man bun. Um, But if I were to just like have to pick a winner right now, I would think it would just be like some random. I think it would just be like some blue collar or something. I would think it would be like uh, uh, like Kelly. But um, I I wouldn't count Joe out. So I, I would say Joe is playing a really good game as well. I think he, you know, if he can bounce back from uh, sort of not not having the best portrayal this past episode and not not making the best decisions in the in the challenge i think he's got some equity okay uh, joe is your guy <laughs> um fine for now joe's my guy yes um i was talking to my mom last week about survivor and she said that she said she likes joe because she says that uh Spencer plus Malcolm equals Joe. Yes, I saw, I saw you tweeted that. Do you buy that? Is that a <laughs> valid theory? Is my mom onto something? Hmm. Well, the the old proverb goes that I am the Malcolm with bad hair, right? So, <laughs> so I I feel like it kind of fits. It's uh, Joe has as the hair of Malcolm. Um, <laughs> he, I don't know. I I. I I honestly don't see that much similarity between me and Joe, but I think it's plausible. According to my mom, she said you're both nice. Oh, well, tell your mom, tell your mom, thank you. It's very nice to meet her. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, how was your night at the uh, at the Know It Alls show? Oh, it was really fun. 
it was, it was, uh, I, I didn't realize just how, um, big of a blowout it was. I, when I watched the first one, it looked like a little smaller than I realized, but it was like a lot of people yeah. and it was, it was really cool. I mean, you, you and Steven were on your game. Um, it was, I, I loved that we had so many survivors around and we had, you know, Eliza and Andrea and the twenties and, uh, and, uh, and Bryce and like, it was, that was a lot of fun. Um, yeah. So no, it was, it was really cool. I mean, the fan of me loved it. Yes. Well, last time it was in a smaller venue. It was in the same place, but it was downstairs in the smaller oh, room. Oh, okay. And this was in a, in a bigger room. So it I was see. a little bit more of the uh, the scope was bigger of of this event. And it a little bit, yeah. you know, it's a little bit harder to uh, run the show with the bigger crowd. But um, yeah, I, yeah. everybody that I talked to told me they had a good time. Yeah, um, it, was, it, was, it was really fun. I mean, we, uh, they, they were... Uh, it was a pretty like packed thing. We actually got the, the bouncers were like getting a little mad at me and, and the twenties because we were like, uh, we, we went in and they, they were like, you have to sign in and they sign in. Like, yeah. Yeah. They, we, we tried to go in cause there was no one at the desk when we got there. Yeah. So we, we thought we'd just go in and then we, they came and they're like, Hey, you need to like, you need to come here, sign in. They like, we waited for a while. So that like, that's like part of why, we were late, which again, I apologize for. Um, but, and then we, we got in and it was like very packed and they were trying to like move us saying like, you're blocking these people. Like it was, they were in a full like show mode, you know, crowd it, control. It felt, crowd it, felt control. Like, it felt like we were at a club. Like it just speaks to the, the, the high value of this event. Yeah. Well, <laughs> they gotta try to keep the lanes clear, I guess. But, yeah. Know, it was really, uh, it was a very wild night. Now, one of the things that we ended up doing, like we were doing like little like bits during the commercial breaks during the show, which wasn't, yes. uh, which wasn't part of the recorded podcast. But one of the segments that we did have was where you were presented with the Mr. Survivor Championship uh, <laughs> belt. Yes, it was. That was one of the. It's ingrained in my memory. Unlike anything else last night, it's. I I, I remember it very clearly. Yes, and now uh, you have it in your possession. Now you haven't lost yes. it yet. Even though you had a wild night last night, you have not lost the Mister Survivor belt. No, no. I with with all the motorcycle chases and everything <laughs> going on, it's it is right here. It is in tow. It's very safe, and <laughs> I vow to the survive the RHAP community that i will keep the mr survivor belt in good hands now what are your plans for the mr survivor belt hmm. well i'm you know i i would promise instagram pictures but we all we all know how that went <laughs> uh, <laughs> so i i think it's got to find like a very good home in in my apartment i'm gonna have to make it a big part of either like my room or maybe maybe it would be like a good uh like around the entrance to my apartment i could like hang it up um I, I feel like it, it deserves a lot of uh, a fa of FaceTime after being in the dark for so long. <laughs> well, let me just say that in in fairness to uh, our uh, former Mister Survivor, uh, he did he brought the belt over uh, to my house the the uh, the day I was leaving. He came out. He came <laughs> over on his motorcycle, and uh, he did he he did personally deliver the belt uh, to me. That you will see if you take a look on the inside. I 
believe uh, that he signed uh, the back of the belt. If you uh, if you take a look, I had given him a. Oh, are uh, you saying are you saying that I have uh, an item signed by Malcolm Freebird? Yes, yes, (laughs) and someday a future Uh, survivor. Sorry, one second. I'm just looking. I'm signing up for eBay.com. One second, real. Did you just hold for a second? And someday you will have a uh, or somebody else will have a item that's signed by Malcolm and you. And oh, so this is going to be a tradition now. Yes, yes, I like it. And so they're going to pass that down. And I also have a video that I can send you. I had Malcolm record a some some advice for the new Mister Survivor. So I will oh, uh, pass, wow. <laughs> pass that. I don't know if it's going to be as precious as your note from Jeff Probst, but I have a, a video that is, from that Malcolm. Is near and dear. Wow. Yes. I am I'm getting uh, adorned with with these uh personalized gifts. I love it. Yes. Okay. Um I want to get into talking about uh some questions for you from the listeners of Rob's podcast. Are you ready for that? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Uh first I just want to take a moment and thank our sponsor for this episode of the podcast. And those are friends over at the Dollar Shave Club. Now, uh Spencer, I know that you are a guy who you have an incre- you <laughs> I have don't an know incredible, how you're gonna bring me into this, Rob. You have an incredible beard, uh, <laughs> and it requires uh constant shaving, correct? Uh, yeah, Rob. I mean, I three times a day at least. <laughs> three times a day. But you have a legendary five o'clock shadow. Yes, can't go anywhere. It's <laughs> I, I, it's it's a mess, you know. I when I when I go to when I was in finals casting, it was like shaving just constantly. Yes, your five o'clock shadow shows up at noon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, if 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 not earlier, it's a mess, Rob. I, I could really use a good affordable economical razor to fix that yes well razors have gotten expensive and you know look there's lots of blue collar people out there and they can't afford white collar razors uh, (laughs) with all of these extra parts like vibrating handles and 19 blades uh, and all that stuff you don't need it uh, and it's not fair to make you pay for it so stop paying out the nose to get a great shave make the switch to Dollar Shave Club because they've got amazing razors and grooming supplies for just a couple of bucks. If you want to, if you want to stay looking fresh like Spencer, right? Yes, <laughs> yes, you got it. I've got two tabs open now: eBay and Dollar Shave Club. Uh, it's simple and smart. You'll feel like you're part of the Brains Tribe. It takes just two minutes to get going, and then you'll never have to worry about razors again. Uh, now, Garrett, he was a guy. He had a lot of razors, right? <laughs> <laughs> Garrett, did you know that Garrett, before he went out for Survivor, this is how what a lunatic this guy is. He got a full body Brazilian wax. Oh, well that, like look, like he, the thing that the thing that girls do, but everywhere, right? <laughs> well, <laughs> um, well, you won't have to worry. I'm sure that was expensive, much more expensive than Dollar Shave Club. Because do you know how, how weird it is, Rob, to to hang out with a guy with completely 100 percent hairless legs? I I don't. <laughs> I don't, um, but I'm sure that it, it was a something that was a, a very pricey endeavor on his. We part. couldn't even talk about it. We tried to ask him about it, and he said no side combos. He, he shut it down. <laughs> shut it down. <laughs> uh, with Dollar Shave Club, you'll get a free handle, and they send you replacement blades uh, for a few bucks, and you can get the blades delivered to you every month or every other month, and they arrive. <laughs> they arrive like clockwork. So stop squeezing weeks of shaves out of a dull razor and treat yourself to a fresh blade every time. Upgrade to the smarter way to shave. Get your shave gear 
at dollarshaveclub.com slash RHAP. Shave time, shave money, dollarshaveclub.com slash RHAP. That's dollarshaveclub.com slash RHAP. All right, let's get into some questions, Spencer. Are you, are you ready for this? Did anybody come and ask you any questions in person last night? Uh, did anyone ask any burning questions? I mean, yeah, yeah, there was a little bit. Like at the at the after party and at the event, there were a few things. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was it was a lot of fun interactions. I, it was really fun meeting everyone. Do you have I any- love like the subset of the RHAP fans. You know, it's it's a good group where I'm actually really happy to meet those fans and talk to them and hear what they're thinking about the season. It's a lot of fun. Yes, uh, as opposed to the fans you texted Tony about. Yes, that, those are no good. <laughs> <laughs> All that, right. that uh, to to officially clear the air that was bullshit. Yeah, well, that, look that was, I walked away <laughs> I stepped away that I had to go to the Paley Center event uh, and I missed all the drama during the Mr. Survivor debate yeah see he could have done better he if he if he wanted to make up a like a text conversation he could have definitely made me say something a lot worse so this that. was officially text gate. Tony yeah, fabricated no. a text message. Put it on Instagram afterwards. But he 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 like he like took his wife's phone and he <laughs> he changed like his her contact information in his phone to Spencer, and then he like texted himself from his wife Tony, the the guy who didn't have enough time to run for Mister Survivor. <laughs> I remind you, did took his wife's phone in and texted all these things um, <laughs> for the sole purpose of of uh, framing me as as not loyal to the RHAP fans. It's a very Frank Underwood esque move. <laughs> <laughs> I think Tony's been watching a little House of Cards. I don't know. Now, look, I'm not a police officer. I'm just a simple construction worker. I'm blue collar, (laughs) just like you. And I wouldn't send a text message uh, to anybody that would say what white collar Spencer would say. (laughs) <laughs> yes. No, it's uh, it's not something Tony would text, not something Tyler Perry would text to Jeff at 3 a.m. It <laughs> doesn't belong. OK. All right. Well, I'm glad that you were able to overcome uh, text gate. And I'm also <laughs> I'm also glad that you were able to get Tony to participate in the Mr. Survivor competition, because I, again, some people said it was this was like uh, this was worse than woo. But <laughs> This was worse than Wu bringing Tony to the finals because yes, I got hit hard with that question in my interview. Yes, yes, <laughs> it was no, it was for. But the the difference is that Mr. Survivor is something I did because it was it was like fun to run for, and I intended on being involved with RHP either way. But I thought it was a lot of fun, the race itself, and I thought Tony made that a lot more fun. And Jeremy too. I thought it was it was a good race. It was fun. It was fun. Okay. All right, uh, let's take a question from Anthony uh, Calistro, who says, having had firsthand experience of carrying on the tradition of three tribe seasons, uh, being down in the numbers before the switch, and then having two people make the final four, which two members of the no-collar tribe do you think will make the top four? If so, who? Um, Now, you've already put Joe in in your pantheon here. Yeah, I guess. But let me let me hedge my bets a little bit. Um, I, I I'm gonna say Haley and Jen. I mean, they seem like they have a like they they we've seen a relationship between them that seems like it's going somewhere and like it'll last. Um, I could see them going deep. Okay, so you you say both Haley and Jen? I thought the question was asking what two members of the tribe would would go deep to like the final four. Okay, so that's so, but not Joe. 
I mean, I could definitely see him too. Um, but I, I, it seems as if they, those two are a little tighter. It seems like they have the relationship that's really like moving somewhere, you know? I mean, are you putting a lot of faith in Jen and Haley? Like, I'm sort of like, I don't know. I'm, I'm sort of like. I mean, uh, the, the question is asking to pick out after a single digit number of days in Survivor, two people who are going to be at the end. I mean, what do you want me to say? Who's I, I better, think, Jen or Haley? How about that? Who's better? I'm going to say Haley. I think Haley, uh, Jen has definitely proven herself able to ostracize people a little more. Um, like Nina and Nina's gone. It's not like that in particular is going to hurt her, but I feel like that tendency, that, that potential to, um, exclude won't serve her well. And I didn't see the same level of that with Haley. Yeah. Um, don't you miss Vince? Oh yeah. I don't. <laughs> he was a lot of fun. He was like, uh, that was uh, his, his story arc while it lasted was awesome for me. I love that. Yeah. No, I really can't believe he's gone. Like I really like, uh, I think that he was one of the reasons why I was so excited about this new season after <laughs> one week. And I was just really bummed out that he's not there anymore. What a character. I mean, yeah, it's, uh, I bet, I bet that even, you know, as it ha- happened on the show, they were bummed out. I wouldn't be surprised if, if Jeff was, was, uh, losing sleep over Vince being gone, I guess, I don't know. He's, he's very pumped about the season. So I, I have faith that it'll turn around, but it's, it hurt to see Vince go. Okay. Uh, Josh Turner wants to know, Spencer, is my TV broken or between cursing and nudity? Did last night's episode have more censoring than any previous episode of survivor? Yeah, it's, it's definitely up there. Uh, um, I, I feel like if we really wanted to go for records, we would need to get Philip Shepard and the pink underwear up in there. Yes. Um, but it's, it's up there. I mean, survivors getting more and more racy without having to resort to dividing the tribes by race or anything like that. So I guess it's good. <laughs> well, yeah, that's a different version of racy. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> double, double meaning. Yes. Uh, well, Victoria Esser continuing on that theme wants to know, where do you fall on the to be or not to be naked scale would you ever get naked on survivor i i really doubt it i don't know i mean i i feel like i'm generally not a big like attention seeking out there like really gregarious guy i feel like i'm not really the type to get naked anyway yes um and beyond that i feel like it's not the best you're saying you didn't get a full body brazilian before you went on survivor (laughs) i'm not not saying i got that happened but what I'm saying is that, uh, it's, I, I, not only is it not really like my instinct, but I don't think it's my calculated, uh, good decision either. I, I mean, it doesn't seem to really behoove people. It's alienated Shireen a little bit. Uh, it didn't seem to help or hurt Max, but I, I, I see more negative than positive. Why did Garrett get a full body Brazilian wax? Oh my God. I don't know. Ask, ask Garrett. Like why? Was it like the why swim did, why did faster? Garrett prepare? That- I mean, he was preparing 2000 hours watching every episode of survivor ever twice and analyzing it through game theory. <laughs> Uh, there are a lot, there are a lot of, I, I guess somewhere in that at 2008 hours, he, he had a free moment to get a Brazilian wax. He, Garrett said a lot of things. I can't explain all of them, yeah. but <laughs> yeah, it was, it was, it was strange. Okay. Because I feel like more body hair is probably good. Cause I feel like it keeps, uh, like, uh, like stuff off of you. 
Yes. I think I, I would never do that. I don't see the point. I mean, Russell shaved his armpits before redemption Island and that <laughs> didn't turn out well. He had like, it was disgusting. Um, that I, I was think- not endorsed by dollar shave club. That was not, <laughs> that was, I don't know what, what shave club that was. I, I heard Russell is a big Gillette guy. I don't think he, <laughs> I don't, I, I don't think he was using dollar shave club. That was the problem. <laughs> I think he got <laughs> a shit I, I, quattro I, from I, Colby. What's that? He got a shit quattro from Colby. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he, it's, it's very easy to just, you know, get a nice shave while he's watching treasure Island. Um, so, but I, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't see much point in like the crazy removal of body hair before survivor. I, I feel like your, your attention is better devoted elsewhere in preparing. Okay. Um, Edward Morris wants to know, should Carolyn have gone to look for the idol like everybody else was? Uh, did you feel like that was uh, tipping her hand a bit to say, Hey, I'll just sit here. I know I have the idol. I don't know. I don't really feel that way too much. I feel like if if I were Carolyn, I'll say this. If I were Carolyn, I would definitely have looked for the idol. When I found my idol, I continued to look for it until the sunset um, because I, I knew that people would think something's up if I just randomly stopped looking at, for it in the middle of the afternoon after the whole explosion with the mad treasure hunt and the clue and everything. Um, but I, I so I, I guess I, if I were her, I would look for it as well, but I don't think it's such a bad thing that she's not. I think she'll be fine. I, cause I think like people, it's too obvious. She's kind of hiding in plain sight where I don't think people are going to, they're going to know that this has crossed her mind. And I think they're going to definitely be quicker to assume that she just doesn't feel like looking. Then they're going to be to assume that she has it. Okay. This is a question from John Johnston who says, uh, Spencer, you were known as the young lad in your season. Who is the young lad this season? <laughs> hmm. Who's the young lad this season? Um, all right. Contenders. So we have, we have Joe, I get Tyler is Tyler young and not, not really. Right. He's like 30. Yeah. I think he's the youngish lad. I think he's married. Yeah. You can't be a young lad if you're married. <laughs> um, and then, uh, from blue collar, I, I don't know. Rodney, yeah, definitely. Rodney is a young lad. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think of the person Tony would call the young lad. And honestly, from Tony's neck of the woods, it might be Rodney. I could see, uh, Tony <laughs> rolling with Rodney and saying, Hey, my young lad, stop lying about your tattoos. It's really stupid and, and, uh, disingenuous. No. Don't do that. <laughs> I don't think he lied about his tattoos or not lied, but bringing up the tattoos to, to, I guess, win win the girls over. Yes, that was a good move. I feel like that would be something Tony would do to be like to get a tattoo and then uh, you know use it use it for his advantage. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, we were there were a lot of questions about Tony. Honestly, there were there were a lot there was a lot of question at our final tribal when you saw Jeremiah ask him if he actually had a wife and kid. It crossed more than a few of our minds that maybe he made up having a wife and kid just to lie about it. So I, I don't know. I could see it. Yeah, he. I mean. Tony was the Haley's Comet of Survivor. Well, there, there'll never be another Tony. Yeah, I think you're right about that. He's, he's the, the uh, Lisi coach, uh, uh, Russell kind of person who is, it's a once in a, once in a, in a duration of the show type of find for casting. Yeah, it's fantastic. Everybody should get a raise. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. Yes. 
Um, all right. So let's take a, a question from uh, Matthew Woe just wants to know, uh, Spencer, what is your number three passion in life? We saw last night that uh, Haley said that surfing was her number three passion in life. Yes. What's yes. your number three passion in life? Mm-hmm. Well, my first passion is RHAP and okay. being Mr. Survivor. My second passion is Survivor. Um, I guess my number three passion would have to be Gilmore Girls. Gilmore Girls. I guess. <laughs> nah, probably not. But <laughs> uh, I, I do. I do have to give a, a shout out to Gilmore Girls because I believe that that is the sole reason I won Mr. Survivor. <laughs> wow, uh, that's a mandate. <laughs> yes, I, I, I've done some statistical analysis, and it turns out that the the correlation coefficient for the saying I'll do a Gilmore girls podcast and getting votes was off the charts. So mandate. Yeah, that's, I, I, I have to give a shout out to the show that, that really did it for me. What about chess? Chess isn't in the mix anymore. Yeah. I mean, if I were being serious right now, which I haven't been for a very long time, uh, that chess would be the number three passion, I think. Okay. Yeah. I, I mean, chess is it's, I was, I was bigger into it when I was a kid, as far as like practicing every day and playing every, every couple weeks, I don't play in as many tournaments now, but it's still something I think I will love for the rest of my life. Okay. Um, let's take a, another question and, uh, let's go to, uh, Kevin, uh, Kevin Ketchum, uh, wants to say, uh, why was monkey sex not a hashtag, but, uh, Psalm 121 was. was. And three yeah. C's. What the hell? <laughs> now, can you even do a hashtag that's three C's? I thought that was terrible. I don't get that. I like. I doesn't I, it, I think, isn't this going back to the the Josh hundred ten percent thing? The, can you make a hashtag that's three C's? I, no, I guess you can. I guess you can. I don't know that. Uh, no, I think. I think what was the problem with Josh is the numbers, or what was it the percent sign? Oh, was that, was that it? <laughs> I don't know. I, or did, I, I they re- he, did they recently change this? Uh, I, I don't know. I, I have no idea about the inner workings of Twitter's um, infrastructure, but I, I will say that I get the impression they have some like crackpot like teenager at CBS in charge of the hashtags. Like, I don't get it. You know, I, I feel like they're just like, it's so like random, the things they do. And it's, it's, I don't see how it adds that much to the show on one hand you have jeff and everyone getting their panties in a wad because they want everyone off social media mantis panties yeah is that that's what i meant to say i hope i said that mantis um, you should say <laughs> man oh man yes 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 getting getting their mantis in a wad um and uh and then on the other hand you have these stupid hashtags so i don't get it i i feel like survivor might want to take a chill pill with them I really want to get on this podcast an interview with the person who makes up the hashtags on, on Survivor. <laughs> I really, I really would just love to. I, I feel like that would be. I could do four hours on that, just talking about like, oh, yeah. what is yeah. it that you like? What was the best one? What was the worst one? What would you do differently? What's the thinking behind it? Do you have to? Could you do more? Do you have to get a green lit? Like, I, I yeah, really, I, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I honestly, it's it's very shrouded in mystery much like Dan's, uh, undergarments, but it's, it's very like, uh, I, I don't, there's like some mysterious force behind CBS's social media that I don't really understand. Even just like the survivor Twitter account. Like I have no idea who runs that thing. And they just like retweet things and favorite things. It's weird, you know? Yeah. 
Um, since you bring up social media, Survivor 28 broke the Survivor social media in that it was <laughs> the cause for the Survivor social media ban, the great Survivor yes, social media yes. ban of 2014. I, I heard a lot about that uh, last night at dinner with the 20s. I heard that I got them in a fucking bloody mess and that I, I that I owe them because I basically screwed up social media for their season. Now that- Okay, well the and you and that's I I mean I don't know if it was better or worse. Like I haven't heard from the the fans like what they preferred, but it seems yeah. like the Survivor social media ban is dead for Survivor 30. Um, yeah, I I do think I have heard that they sort of abandoned that, that they, they can they can do whatever they want now. Now, do you feel like was that a conscious policy decision or have has nobody ever just said anything to uh, season 30? Like like yeah, season I, 29 cast it was like, hey, don't, don't do that. And then season 30, they just never said anything or did they say to yeah, season 30? Yeah. I was wondering about lifted. that, too. I uh, into like fertile at first and basically until yesterday, I actually thought that it was just sort of a not not a conscious thing that season 30 just said, well, like, screw you. We're going to do what we want. And that CBS didn't do anything about it. Um, But I actually heard last night that they CBS actually like gave up on on the band. So I think I think it's officially. Yeah, I think it's officially like people can do what they want. Wow. It's like the end of prohibition. Yeah, prohibition didn't last very long. Yeah, they made it one season, and then you have season thirty going like way beyond that. They're like not only um, not only are they tweeting whatever they want, they're like meeting up in L.A. every other week. It's crazy. I've never seen a cast like I, I feel like they they do have the money to do this, and they don't have like the obligations to not do it. And it's like the perfect mix where this cast is just like obsessed with each other. Wow. Um, what do you how what's your take on that? You like seeing that? Uh, yeah, I think it's cool. I mean, I guess I'm a little jealous, really. I think I'm probably my animosity is coming from a place of of discontentment with my own cast because we're n- I, I would say in the grand scheme of things, Kagayan is not that tight of a cast. What it's, are you talking about? I thought you're all going to that your whole tribe is going to Jatia's wedding. <laughs> That's true. We are. Um, and, and that's good. I mean, I, I definitely like, I consider Jatia like a good friend from the so cast. I, the I have... brains tribe, even though they could not get their act together in the game. <laughs> are, are you the closest tribe after this season? I think actually we're easily the closest tribe yeah, after the season. The brains tribe, <laughs> the brains tribe, that at least that you guys uh, talk to each other. The yes. I, I talk tribe. to everyone on the brains tribe I, and I don't have a problem with anyone. And you know, like even like David said, Hampson, who I only spent three days with, we've probably talked more on the phone since Survivor more than we ever talked on the island. Um, they're great, and I, I think we're the one like uh, this, the one silver lining probably. Um, but you know, on the whole, the cast is not the best of friends. We there's definitely still people who who have feuds going, um, and it's it's not. Uh, I remember at our finale, Jeff said like, "Oh, this cast gets along great. They're a really like happy bunch." And I I, I don't feel that all the time. Yes, because the, you have the Braun tribe, and uh, like none of them like each other, right? No, not really. I mean, 
like Lindsay and Trish obviously very much just like each other. And then you have Tony and Sarah and, and who talks to Cliff Robinson, right? Yeah. I mean, and Tony's doing his own thing too. He's busy with a kid. I mean, I'm visiting New York right now and I didn't even really, uh, get a chance to see him, you know, and and that's more my fault than his, but overall, like Tony's very busy, you know? Um, and yeah, Sarah just had a, a kid. So they're, they're not really, they're definitely not meeting up in LA all the time. And the beauty tribe, they didn't even like each other in the game. No, no, they, <laughs> they, yeah, there's no hope there. I mean, I, I don't think, I, I think Jeff and Alexis might still be uh, pretty good friends, but who knows? Who knows? I, I don't know. I, I feel like there's really like not much there at all. And, and Jeff is having a kid. She'll have all mom friends. So she has no time yeah. for Alexis. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Jeffra, Jeffra went from a young person, my age to a married woman really quick. Yeah. Now she's on the, now she's on the, the, the mom tribe. And we didn't even know that the 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 guy she was marrying had kids going into that marriage, and we we had no idea. Uh, um, and and then all of a sudden she's she's like taking her kids to soccer uh, games. It's crazy. Wait, but she's all, she's pregnant, or she just married somebody. That's she pregnant. is pregnant. Yes, she is pregnant, but she also is a mother figure to two stepkids. Oh my so god! Jeffra has her hands full, and we had no we had no idea about that. So she's gonna have three kids soon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Nick's family. It may be the inspiration for Jeff Probst's next uh, kids. Not. Oh my god. Book. Oh my god. Um, <laughs> Blue Bear wants to know what ill-advised, guaranteed losing ten-dollar bets are you going to tweet this season? <laughs> you got to keep bringing that up, right? I didn't bring it up, but that Blue Bear did. Oh, okay. <laughs> just just put all the blame on him, like Jeff Probst to Tyler Perry. Um, I let's, yeah, Jeff Probst says that if you found the Tyler Perry idol, that people would have yeah, loved everyone the Tyler loved Perry. It, Rob, just they should have given me the fucking Tyler Perry idol then. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I I don't know about that. Um, I I think that was a bit of a not not necessarily the fairest shake as far as a. Uh, simple random sample of people of survivor fans and their sentiment toward the Tyler Perry idol. Um, but, um, back to the original question, I intend to never tweet anything involving $10 again. Um, I, I think those days are over. Do you want to just reset what you, t- what you tweeted for the people that were not listening during the, Oh yes, yes. It's my bad. I tweeted around the time of the Super Bowl that um, anyone who retweets this, if the Patriots win, I will send you ten dollars. Um, and uh, yeah, I did. Obviously, with the results of that game, that was not a good situation. Some might say it was even a sticky situation. Yes. And yeah, it's that. It was no good. It was, I, I made it right. I mean, and, and, uh, actually Shireen, um, was really nice to, um, she, she was privy to the whole, uh, debacle with the tweet and she actually agreed to match my donation to, uh, the charities, uh, to a, uh, domestic abuse charity. Wow. Um, but do you know anything about football? Are you a big football guy? I like football. I mean, I, uh, I know you played in the fantasy league. Despite my performance in Rob as a 
fantasy football <laughs> league. I, yeah, no, I do. I, I was more into it in high school than I am now. I, I in college, I, I became like a little less big on it, mainly due to like not having a TV. Yeah. Um, but no, I'm an Atlanta Falcons fan, but yeah, it, no, it was, it was, it, it was really nice of Shereen to do that. I mean, it, and then she had to ruin it all by giving me spoilers for the entire season. So that was no good. No, but, you to say that you're joking. <laughs> no, Shereen spoiled everything. No, I'm, yeah, I'm kidding. Yeah, the people are that your your dry sarcasm isn't isn't coming across on the podcast. Uh, I'm sorry. No, no, it would. Uh, Shireen wouldn't do that. Yes, yes. Okay, so let's take a question from Matt Curran, who says, "A young lad, who from this season would you like to welcome to the bottom? <laughs> would you like to welcome Shireen to having bottoms?" Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I might have to ask Tyler if that's if that would be a good decision or not. Yes. Um, but I, I, I would say, let me, let me welcome Will to the bottom. He, he seems to be, he seems to need some help. He seems to be a little bit on the outs there. Yes. Okay. Um, David Healy wants to know, can you please do an impression of Mike? Oh man, I don't think this is going to be good. Um, I, I can't. And, and thank you for all your, um, your help and support in the Mr. Survivor campaign, David. Yeah. Um, but, uh, okay, let's see, Mike, um, you know, that, that was really, I, I have a relationship with God and that was, that, that, that was hurtful. And, uh, and, and really, uh, that got me. I was, I was not happy about that, that comment. Yeah, that's pretty good. That's good. It was something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tried not to go on for five minutes for you. Yes. Jeremy Collins appreciates that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure a lot of people do. Okay. Uh, our own Antonio Mazzaro wants to know, uh, Spencer, what is the percent chance that there will be an RHAP event happening in Chicago? See, this question is better directed at you, Rob, because I'm game. I, I would love a RHAP event to happen in Chicago. Um, and as soon as you give the green light, I say, let's do it. All right. Well, let me talk about this. Okay. Uh, we had a great event here in New York city and people are saying, well, why do you always have to have events in New York city? Because I know I can sell out a room here in New York city. I do, uh, what I don't know is that I could sell out a room uh, in Chicago. So maybe there's mm -hmm. some like, maybe there's some like campaign signatures thing that we could sign that would be, Hey, I will come to a thing in Chicago and then, <laughs> and then we will book. I just have no idea what the, what the RHAP support is yeah. uh, in Chicago. Yeah. I think it's good, well, I, but I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a little tough to get information on these things. I, I would be very happy to do what I could like via social media to, to get information on that. I mean, yes. I know like, I, obviously this is no sample size, but like I met people last night who said, I really would love an RHAP event in Chicago. Like, Hey, I live in Cincinnati. I'll be there. Yes. Um, so I, I feel like it's there. Um, and I, I can't take that to the bank yet, but I'm really happy to try and look into it more. And, and, uh, I'm hopeful that there is the, the people around to make that happen well let me ask you a question what is the rhap event in chicago is it is it survivor know-it-alls because i can't promise that like uh i'll i'll go anywhere for an rhap event but i don't right. think stephen fishback is going to chicago for a rhap event yeah maybe not um i mean hmm with uh, other than know-it-alls like i mean maybe some kind of like interactive podcast i mean like you, i'm not sure do. i could get him to new jersey for a survivor know-it-alls event <laughs> Well, 
Wow, I, I don't know. Stephen like we make this very you. convenient for him uh, here in the city, but I'm not sure yeah. if he's traveling out of town for the for the event. But I don't know. You you might be right. I mean, I I, I think it would be fun to do something else to do like a just a, a podcast that's very interactive and with a lot of people and and done live. I and mean, we do it live on the phone anyway. Why not do it actually live? Um, but if, if it were a know-it-alls, um, you know, I, I think, uh, Steven or no Steven, we could, we could probably make it work. So you're saying that the, the thing in Chicago would be not a know-it-alls, but it would be some sort of a, uh, just, just a podcast in front of an audience. I think that would be fun. I think it'd be good to like, yeah, I mean, you do the patron cast every month. Um, and that seems to, to go well. I think something like that, um, you know, obviously not like excluding people who aren't patrons, but something like that would be really fun. Okay. So is it like, so is it, who's on the Chicago podcast? Uh, as far as, uh, uh is like it just, guests? is it just me and you or we have other guests? It could be also. me and you. I mean, Hey, I, I, uh, I think why not, um, try and rally the troops. Maybe we could get some appearances from Alexis and Jatia if they're free. Um, I could do everything I, in my ability to make that. Okay. So it's, and I think Tasha, Tasha be in, I mean, we campaigned under this and she, she unfortunately was not elected Miss Survivor, but I, I think she would still probably be game um, okay. to, to be involved. I still feel like we haven't cracked this quite yet, but I feel like we've, uh, we've yeah. started it, the it discussion. Needs work, but we yeah, should. I think it's a, it's going somewhere. Okay. It's going somewhere. All right. Um, Brian Gold wants to know, Spencer, as a Survivor super fan, did you notice how much this episode felt like a throwback to storylines from Survivor Borneo? We saw Nina drop the Rudy-like quote about having to fit in and her story focused on her inability to fit in. Mike was like BB, bossing everyone around and working way too hard. (laughs) Shireen gave off a Stacey Stillman vibe. Uh, originally in the majority oh, alliance form, but then quickly losing allies by alienating them. Is this a sign of Survivor going back to its roots or that one of the core, that the <laughs> core of what the game with Survivor about uh, hasn't changed in spite of the twists? No, Rob, this is the Survivor renaissance. This is it. I, I, Shireen was telling me she's going to sue Survivor, I think. Oh, uh, no. <laughs> she's giving everyone spoilers and suing Survivor. So I think I think we're on to something. I think this is the revitalization of Survivor. Okay. Um, do you have any good stories from uh, last night, Spencer? That, I know you that you that uh, any stories that you can remember. Yeah, I, I can't remember anything spectacular, but I can. I remember some good stories from my time in Europe. Um, that you know, when I was traveling, I was I had to keep up with Survivor, and so I ended up corresponding with some Italian Survivor superfans. Um, wow! Yeah, and uh, and talking to them, and, and this uh, this very nice woman uh, named Chiara who was uh, messaging me on Reddit and helping me plan my trip and advising me things to see in different cities and very, very nice. And so when we got to Milan where she and her boyfriend lived, um, we decided to stop by and she actually had a group of Italian, um, survivor fans who watched, who have like a reality TV night. Um, and so, and they had watched like who done it and stuff. Like it was right up the <laughs> RHAP. <laughs> yeah, it was just crazy. Um, and so we, we watched the premiere of survivor together and that was a lot of fun. They were, they were like a session actually with so Kim. Um, I, I really like didn't fully understand it, but they, I think like they thought it was really funny that her name was so, 
Um, so they, they like, uh, they had like a group thread message talking about survivor and the group thread was titled. So Kim, they, they were like, when she was voted out, they were just like devastated. They were like very sad. And, and the, uh, one of the guys, uh, Jacobo said, um, that he, he was like a, a Redditor and he's like, I need so Kim flair. I need to find so Kim flair. <laughs> they they wow. were like very high on so Kim. So I guess not only so Kim, not only do you have a lot of love from uh, former Mr. Survivors, you have it from Italian survivor fans. Okay. Well, that's why you are Signore survivor. That's right. That you are uh, <laughs> so well-traveled. You've gone, uh, you know, Malcolm went around the United States and you're going around the world. So, yes, this is the, this is a uh, wayfaring, but basically pretty badass. Although I, I can't believe that that is a better story than anything that happened last night. <laughs> Spencer, I know you have uh, to get back out of town. You have a plane to catch. So uh, yeah. thank you for, uh, for t- talking with me this morning. Uh, what I want to do with you, I know this is early in the season to talk to you, but when you are back, mm-hmm. when you are back a- at your home base, um, I- let's do the voicemails later on this season. Okay, I like that. Split okay. it up. I'm good with that. We'll split it up. So we'll do the recap here, and then we'll do the voicemails later in the season. All right, Spencer, have a good uh, trip back to Chicago, and uh, I'll talk to you soon. All right, thanks, Rob. All right, take care, buddy. Bye. All right. All right, everybody, there you have it. The young lad here back on the podcast. Thank you very much to Spencer, and uh, hope that he is feeling better today. All right, so uh, we did not give a hashtag in that podcast. Uh, let's go with hashtag full body Brazilian. I think that's probably the sensible choice. And again, thanks to everybody who came out last night. So many uh, friendly faces uh, came up to me and said, oh, we listen to the podcast all the time. And this is so we really appreciate everything that you do. So just uh, right back at you. Really appreciate everybody uh, out there listening to the show, whether you're at the live know-it-alls or not. So Thanks again, everybody. Uh, keep up the good work with the daily voting for the podcast awards at podcastawards.com. And uh, the next show that we will have on Rob's podcast will be our Amazing Race 26 episode four recap. I will not be a part of that. That will be Jessica Lee and Mike Bloom covering that for me. And then uh, I will get back into everything on Monday once I get home. So send in your survivor voicemails and we will uh, take care of that. Plus Spicin, plus the King of the Nerds finale and much, much more coming up next week on the show. And by the way, next week's Survivor Recap will be a, another fun event. We will be having our Wentworth cast, our Wentworth Recap podcast. Uh, Dale and Kelly will be my guests next week on the recap. So looking forward to that. Have a great weekend, everybody. And we'll talk to you again soon. Bye.